HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Fiji Water and Patina Events at Brooklyn Botanic Garden, an idyllic location for weddings, corporate events, and parties of any style. Visit us at patinaevents.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. This is Katie, HRN Executive Director, and I'm so excited to share with you our coverage from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. We are here live today at Charleston Wine and Food. Join us as we talk all things food. Come to Charleston, eat some seafood. Eat all of the seafood. Chicken fried chicken with chorizo steak and salsa verde mashed potatoes. So quintessentially like Southern fare at its finest. And have important conversations. We're also talking about professional women in restaurants and how underrepresented they are. People of color in restaurants and how they're not talked about. We get real with Food Network's Manit Chohan. Balance is BS. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was, yeah, I was told that uh, I wasn't going to be bleeped out. And find out about raising sugarcane with Chef Sean Brock. It's like being Indiana Jones or something. You never know what you're going to find. You'll come away inspired by the power of food and the food scene in Charleston. Here's Dr. Jessica B. Harris. Food is constantly in flux. Food is always moving. Food is the only real lingua franca that we have that allows us to connect with other folks. So tune in to Heritage Radio Network on tour at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you get your podcasts. You can't go wrong. Hey, and welcome to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. On today's episode, the fourth generation of Z-A-R-O's, and I'll let you pronounce that soon, Family Bakery is run by four of them, Michael, Brian, Scott, and Richie, these three brothers and one cousin, bake the breads and pastries of their birthright as native New Yorkers, instilling an institution with braided halas and black and white cookies, it's crazy to think that one and a half million people pass by your storefronts every day. I mean, the convenience of being located in transportation hubs like Grand Central Station, Penn Station, Port Authority help, but 
You were a little family bakery that started in the Bronx, correct? Yes, we're, we're a little family bakery that was started by our great-grandfather in uh, the early 20s in the Bronx. And how did he pronounce your last name? The original name was Zerubchik. Uh, and somewhere along the way, there's a few different stories. Um, I think we need to tell both of the stories. <laughs> Absolutely. One, yeah. one, so, so one story, which is probably <laughs> the true story, was that uh, the, the name was too expensive to paint on the window of the bakery, <laughs> so they went with Zero. Um, the other story, actually, as I'm saying, it, the second story the is second probably the real story. story. Yeah. The, the story. second story is that our great uncle was about to get married, and his bride to be said, "I'm not marrying someone with the last name <laughs> like that. <laughs> Change it." And they went to Zara. So so far, we've heard from you, Michael, as well as Brian chiming in, and we have a third one here in the studio. Hi, how are you? I'm Scott. Nice to meet everybody. And, and these are the three brothers, because it is three brothers and a cousin as the contemporary, the, the current generation, right? Yes. Excellent. Um, it's been four generations. Mm -hmm. So again, started by your grandfather in, or great-grandfather in 1927, mm -hmm. yeah. um, about. Uh, the, you know, coming over from Poland, what were the ideas behind even having a bakery, and what were those initial breads? I don't know. I, I mean, I, the original intention was he was a baker in Poland, and that was his trade. He wanted to escape a war-torn Europe, and he, he came to the U.S. looking for new opportunities. And from what we understand, I, I, he came, and I actually think the first, I don't know if you actually call it a bakery, but food operation was actually in Newark, I think, from what we understand. And it wasn't just a bakery. It was also the, the local meat guy, the fish guy, the cheese guy. All of the traits were in one shop together as they didn't have a, a penny to their name. It was urban space yeah. in 1927. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. you see yes. it proliferate yes. in New York yes. right yes. now. It's crazy. And, um, and once he had saved up enough money, he then brought over um, his family from Poland. You know, him, my grandfather, his two brothers, and, and our great-grandmother that we got to never meet, uh, May. May's a rupture. That's yeah. depressing. Yeah, but it seemingly he brought them over because he needed employees. Yes. Yeah. That, that's then, how oh, you that's, well, that's that's yeah. Michael, that's how they worked. They, yeah, they, they yeah. slept upstairs. I'm using my hands. They yeah. slept upstairs. They worked downstairs, and everyone just kind of kept trading off. Yeah. And one of, you know, one of the stories that we've been told, and I would like to believe that it's true, uh, is that our, our two great-uncles went to go sign up for World War II, and our grandfather, from what we're told, was not able to 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 enlist because he had some issues, I think, with his knees or his feet or his ankles. And our great uncle Sam, after they both signed up, they left. My great uncle Sam knew that his oldest brother Willie, who had just enlisted, was the better baker, and that his father needed him more at that bakery than anybody. And that he then went back to the draft office and said, "He can't go. Like as brothers, you're, I'm going." And he did, and he went, and, and he killed some Nazis, and he came back, and, <laughs> and he's, uh, yeah, he's, he was uh, an amazing individual. And the bakery didn't miss a beat. No, kept, we kept no. baking bread, man. Because in 1950, it was taken over by Phil and William. Yes. And are they, whose fathers are they? Or Phil is our grandfather. Yes. Um, and uh, Uncle Will, Uncle Willie, was our great uncle. So from there, who took over the next generation? Our father, our and our two uncles Joseph and Andrew. Because um, I know it was like in the late seventies when you started seeing your shops, your storefronts mm -hmm. around these transportation hubs. And um, my father worked in New York in Manhattan. I lived in Westchester, and you know they, there was one of your stores right there, convenient to the train, and he'd get whatever he ate on the train and didn't tell us. Um, sometimes half a black and white cookie would make it home, or you know a quarter bag of popcorn. 
But every once in a while, those popcorn bags with your logo on it were reused as my lunch. So I felt like I was part of the family for a whole bunch of years. I'd carry that around and, uh, you know, have that insignia by my side. Which half of the black and white? Did he only eat the chocolate vanilla or did he do like the half chocolate think, vanilla combo? Yeah. I, okay. it, it really depended on the day. Okay. But uh, mainly the vanilla was left. Okay. People are cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People are I mean, you must have so many stories just about that cookie alone. Yes. but. Your bakery story started with what kind of breads? Was it Hala's? Was it Ruggolo? Was it black and white? It was predominantly traditional Eastern Jewish European, product. you know, traditional Jewish product, challah bread, rye bread, marble rye, pumpernickel. Uh, unfortunately, a bunch of breads that we don't sell today. Corn, as corn there's rye. Just, yeah, the corn yeah. rye, yes. That there's just not as much demand in Grand Central and Penn Station and... Yeah. For, for the, the old traditional loaves of bread. So, of uh, the three of you, who works at Grand Central? There it is. I okay, did. Scott yes. does. Uh, there are so many of you. There's I know. <laughs> it's crazy, right? But, it's you know, overwhelming. Yeah, it, it is. It's wonderfully overwhelming because, you know, it, it, it would be worse if I were in New York and there wasn't one of your shops nearby. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, there could be worse places to work. Grand Central yeah. is beautiful. But you see people, it's a very transient thing. And again, one and a half million people per day through all the locations. How many people do you interact with a day at Grand Central? Hundreds. Absolutely yeah, because you know, I'm gonna I bounce around all of our stores and I know they do the same, but it's we wear a name tag. And yeah, we wanted to know who we are. You know, it's important. People didn't know who we are. Yeah, and we want to get that out there. Do so people cool. know who you are by first name or by last name? A, a, a lot call me Mister Zara, which I hate. <laughs> um, but I get Scott. I get Hey, dude, or yeah. man, or whatever. You know, it depends on on what what mood they're Cause in. Because Mister Zara was your father, your grandfather, yeah. your great grandfather, and a whole spectrum just, of other. It's formal. We yeah, don't, we don't want to be formal. We want to be fun. Yeah, and that's why it says family. Yes. I mean, how important is family when it comes to? Not only operating a business, but, you know, uh, uh, feeding each other, you know, eating with each other. I know there are a lot of pictures online of you guys all celebrating together. Is, is that the case? Yes, we celebrate a lot. We eat a lot together. Um, our dad, I think, and our mom is always, and our aunts and uncles, it was always so important to everybody that, you know, our family, the family unit, the value of it, and, and us all spending time together um, was epically important, and it still is today. Um, you know, every birthday we have a dinner or a lunch or, you know, there's always some, some occasion where we have to eat. So yeah, it's, it's still, uh, the thread that keeps us all together. Do you guys have a bakery because of the amount of baked goods you'd buy as a family? It, it, it like, it was less expensive for you to own and operate a bakery. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There were so many of us. It was like, we may as well open a bakery. Yeah. <laughs> but we still do. We have a very large family. Uh, you know, like, uh, uh, Gathering, whether it be a wedding or a bar mitzvah, I mean, there's like well a hundred zaros alone, you know. When you like start the list, you know, I got married in my 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 in laws. They have a smaller family. When they saw this like intimidating list of people, they were like, "Wow, this is like a small village of people." And I was like, "I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, how it goes." Well, it is a small village. (laughs) Having visited the factory up in the Bronx, um, that itself it's its own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, What neighborhood is it in? It's in Mott Haven. So, you know, it, it's so kind of bro. like what on the Bruckner, it's it's more of a kind of thoroughfare than it is an actual place. Yes. I, right now, I know they're trying to make it into a place, yeah. but it's not there yet. But I mean, when you started the bakery or when your great grandfather started the bakery, why the Bronx? Uh, I have no idea. But it's an institution. Well, now. I, I would yeah. tell you, I think they... I think a, predom- a predominant amount of people where they came from in Poland, Eastern European Jews, I think a lot of them migrated to the Bronx 
and he started opening bakeries in the Bronx. The first, ba- the first bakery was on Kingsbridge Road. One of the first bakeries was in Parkchester, where we still have a, a, a location, still have a bakery there. Um, and I think it just made a lot of sense to open up the, the larger factory near all of the retail stores. And they ended up, uh, you know, before where we are now, we are in Hunts Point, which is all of five minutes from Mott Haven, um, which was a whole different world in the, <laughs> in the 70s. Yeah. Um, and, and then they ended up uh, on Brockner in 82, been there ever since. But it is a Bronx bakery. It is a New York bakery. Because I wonder, like, Scott, when you're interacting with people, do they think it's a Polish bakery? Do they think it's a Jewish bakery? Or do they just know it as Zaro's now? They, they, I'd say they didn't know a couple of years ago. They thought we were a chain. We, we did all these folks groups. They sat with us, and they thought we were a chain from Chicago. They thought we were Italian. They thought we were Greek. So that was the whole uh, premise behind putting our family picture in our stores. I don't know if you saw that. I think we all kind of hate it now, but, <laughs> but it's there. We have to look at it every day. Um, and now, now they, they do know who we are. You know, we're, we're a fourth-generation family bakery from Zara, from Zara We're Jews, and uh, that's uh, who, what we're known for now. Yeah, I mean, luckily, you're a good-looking family. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, they're not <laughs> terrible pictures to look at. But, you know, again, with this family aspect and... and you know, having so many generations, how does it change each generation when it changes hands between, you know, siblings, cousins, etc.? Or has it always been the same heritage and legacy since day one? I think at the root of it, it's still the same heritage and the legacy that, you know, our great-grandfather started and down to our grandfather, to our dad and our uncle, down to us. Um, you know, try to be a, you know, I, I, I it's like a neighborhood family type bakery, bakery, a very welcoming atmosphere. Um, I yeah, I mean, I feel like you're about to do more of that too, because you mentioned Parkchester. Yes, and it closed what two, three years yeah. ago, and after sixty years. Yeah, but the neighborhood, it like it was, it was such they did. a loss. They did. I mean, I'll tell you that this story is like. It's totally random. Yeah. Uh, I was in Grand Central, and I was walking by one of our stores in the afternoon, and the afternoon manager of our Grand Central location happened to be the afternoon manager at Parkchester um, prior to the closure. And he came up to me, and he was like, Brian, Brian, you need to call Parkchester. They, they call them. They left this note. And I look, and I'm like, why would he leave a handwritten note with, like, his name and his email on here? Like, this is weird. I was like, but a problem. You know, no problem. Sent him an email. I'm like, hey, Josh. Did you, you know, want to chat? He's like, I didn't, but I'd love to chat with you. And I was like, okay. And sure enough, I think it was a customer, a, a Parkchester customer who lives in the neighborhood who so badly wanted to see us come back and left this note with Mosnu, who he knew. And he's like, you got to get this to Brian. You know, you got to get this to somebody. <laughs> yeah. And he did. And then, and Josh, you know, and, and the landlord really did did right. And they, they, they wanted us back in the hood. And, and we opened uh, this past November. And it's been it's been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it was it was truly amazing to watch when we opened that store. We have two managers that have worked for us for over forty years, and watching customers walk in, no joke, crying, hugging these two managers. It was like you can't like write, you can't make this stuff up. Um, no, it was customers hands in the air. Thank God you're back. I, I mean, it was it was pretty wild to see. I mean, I don't want you to ever pull this, like, April Fool's prank, but, I mean, if you changed your name in all your locations, people would freak out. 
because again, you are so ingrained in New York culture in these in these transportation hubs, but just in the hearts of so many people that I'm glad you're also bridging this gap, showing that there are faces behind this name, and there have been throughout generations. Because yes, I know the popcorn, the black and white, the hala, the I mean, I can go on and on, but I'm I get to know you now, and mm-hmm. that's what you know. These family bakeries are really about knowing that there's family behind it. And on that, we're going to take a quick break and talk about one and a half million pounds of flour annually, maybe even more coming soon. <laughs> You've been listening to the Food Scene on Heritage Radio Network.org. We'll be right back. Patina Restaurant Group offers unparalleled service in New York's most iconic locations, including Lincoln Center, Rockefeller Center, and Macy's Herald Square. From meetings and presentations in the glass-walled atrium, to galas in the renovated Palm House, and intimate wedding showers at Yellow Magnolia Cafe, your event will be perfectly imagined and customized at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. You can also enjoy a la carte brunch and lunch at the picturesque Yellow Magnolia Cafe overlooking Lily Pool Terrace. Chef Rob Newton and Chef de Cuisine Morgan Jarrett offer warm, distinctive cuisine with a focus on local vegetables, grains, and sustainably sourced meats and fish. Hey, welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here with Zaro. Zaro's. So many. I was practicing in my head, and I thought Good I was going to f it up. Well but we have Michael, who you are COO, so that you oversee operations of the entire company from yes. the Bronx facility. Brian, the executive VP, runs all retail operations, and Scott, the VP of retail. And you can find yourself where in, in most locations, certainly Grand Central <laughs> yeah, Station, Grand Central. with his man purse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing it right now. It's, it's awesome. wonderful. I wish everyone could see <laughs> yeah. this. It's but beautiful. It's right? like a Zach Galifianakis you know, picture <laughs> in his man purse. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, this is perfect because my next question is, how do you guys work with each other? I mean, how does, I know you have these job titles, but you are brothers. Uh, was this easy for you to kind of partition and separate, say, this is my job, or do you butt heads every so often? Who wants to take this on? <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. It's really difficult. It's hard when, you know, the, the people you work with, um, you share a mother and you have to go like, you know, have holiday dinners with those same folks. And, and, but we do butt heads sometimes. I think we've learned, we're learning still how to communicate with one another and try to leave it at work and, you know, do the best we can. So the amount of gripes that your mother has to hear must be, oh, she's the chief. Feeling I give officer. her none. I, I'm, I'm, I, I hold it tight. I got zero. Yeah. She, she always says, yeah, you and Michael tell me everything. Brian, yeah. I never, hear from <laughs> yeah. Brian, Brian never calls. He never calls. No, no. Brian has a memoir coming out. Yes. Later <laughs> this year. He's just been filling up notebooks. She, she signed an NDA, so yeah. she can't talk about it. <laughs> but how hard was it for, you know, your parents to step away from everyday operations? Because this handing over, Yes, it's the family name, but it's it's a new mm-hmm. regime. It's been tough, I think, for our dad. I mean, I, you know, thankfully he he keeps himself busy. He shoots a lot of pictures, and he plays with his grandkids. And but it's hard for him. It's something he's done for forty years. forty plus years, and every day. And you know, 
calls in the middle of the night and all the fun stuff that goes along with it. And it's, it's definitely not easy for you, him. You still get the phone call. You know, he may have been doing this for like 10 plus years now on a snowy day, you know, the day before a snowstorm. I hope you cut your orders by 30%. We'll get one today. We'll get that call. Dad, yes. And instead of like the, I think a Ridgeback, dad, I'm on it. I got it. You know, yeah. and instead of like making that like snooty comment back, it's just Make like, you know happy. what? Like, my dad has done this way longer than me and like he just wants to look out for us and make sure we're making the right decisions and it's like alright cool dad you're absolutely right thank you for the phone call like we're on it and if it's the wrong decision you can blame him so oh, you can be that, that's the best part yeah <laughs> it's a win win yeah when did you all start working at the bakery and was it expected for you to be part of that family business I, I started like four and a half five years ago he you want to answer 10 years ago, right? 13. It'll be 14 in April. Oh, that is way off. Um, <laughs> you're, you're and I'm going on, I'm in my ninth year now. Okay, way off again. Yeah. But no, I still remember my first official day. Yeah. I wore at the time, I wore a, like a Brooks Brothers white button down because I had been working in an office <laughs> elsewhere years before I know, and a tie and like a really nice pair of pants. And at the time, a gentleman that has worked for our, had worked for our family for a very long time who was running Grand Central, goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, your dress really sharp. He goes, you might want to change that by tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you throw the coat on, yeah. and you don't even get to see what you wore. And let's talk about the attire, because you have 300-plus employees, mm -hmm. and you walk into the facility, and obviously everyone has coats on, as per DOH, etc. You are baking so many things, so many things that one and a half million pounds of flour are used annually. That's absurd, right? Yeah. yeah. And I've seen the hopper. I've seen that you piece saw the of... Silo. Yeah, the silo. Yeah. It is. It's, the flour it's, it's silo. It's an absurd amount yeah. of flour then gets converted into an absurd amount of things. Mm -hmm. Yep. You also have such a breadth of different people from different backgrounds mm -hmm. um, living there. So at first I walked in and I was confused because, you know, everything look the same, everyone in the same lab coats, you know, all the same pastries and breads I've seen for years. But the diversity of which you hire and serve, I think, is so noble and so great that you really are a family bakery more than just the three of you sitting here. Can we talk about some of those employees? I know you mentioned there was one person who was 30 years in, 40 years in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the bakery is full of, like you said, Michael, people from all walks of life. Um, and a lot of the employees in the bakery have been there for, I could think of people 10 years, 15 years, 20, 30, like you said. Um, and they, uh, they represent Senegal and Mexico and, um, Israel, Israel. I mean, you know, it's, it's like a little UN Bangladesh. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yep, a lot of our retail employees are from Bangladesh. That's where I got this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the, that the man purse. That was a gift yeah. from Rosie yeah. that just but, got back. But we could spend the whole podcast. Yeah, on yeah, exactly. Podcast. That's for our fashion design yeah. podcast. <laughs> but the the way that you support and feed those people as mm -hmm. well is more than admirable. And so I just want to give a pause to that fact. And, and that I got to like, there's an employee, uh, an associate of ours uh, that I remember within my first year of working, I met him at one of our retail locations right prior to it was opening up, he did not know a single lick of English. And 12 years later, 13 years later, he's currently running one of our stores in Newark right now. He's an amazing and he's thing. An am and he's an amazing, an amazing man that like has devoted the last 12 years of his life to our company. And sometimes the first word is Zaro's because you know where to go for all those bread and pastry needs. 1.5 million bagels, 
350,000 black and white cookies. I mean, I'm reading these stats and I'm astounded. I know how much I eat a year and I think I'm about like 2% of those black and white cookies. <laughs> but that's still kind of absurd. Did you ever think you were going to be as big as you are now and do you see yourself expanding? Yeah, absolutely. We we want to grow. We don't we're not happy with 350,000. We want to sell a million, 2 million black and whites a year. That's not, you know. We don't want to pigeonhole ourselves to that. We want to our goal eventually is to grow mm-hmm. nationally. Um our wholesale program is is growing immensely. Uh, Michael can speak more to that. And then on the retail end, we want to grow. We want to get more in transportation hubs, whether it's in D.C. or Boston or Philly. And then we, you know, we have we have plans. So uh, we just got to act on them. Yeah. And not kill each other in the yeah. process. You know. Well, I mean, part of the plans too. I've seen the quality of what you've done rise dramatically in the past couple of years. I've taken notice. Well, I also know your wonderful bread baker here, Mark. But it's amazing. Yeah, but I've taken notice because I also knew it before and I loved it then. And I felt this familiar bond with it, even though I didn't know the three of you and I didn't know what the family name stood for. You know, having that popcorn brought home or black and white cookie or hala on Fridays, you know, that was part of my upbringing. So I'm, I'm assuming that's what you want to do, make it part of everybody's upbringing. We would love to make it part of everybody's upbringing. Yes. Um, it's funny you say that, though. We always had the same things in the house. Never wanted to eat them. All I wanted was Hostess cupcakes. <laughs> so I'd go to school and trade with my yeah, friends. The draw. Yeah. I'd be like, here's the black and white. Give me the, co-, you know. The draw. The draw always seemed to have though, a lot of just vanilla. There was never a lot of chocolate. We always ate the ch- I would eat the chocolate. And then our mother would eat the top of a babka and destroy the... <laughs> yeah, well, Horrible. That was the yeah, bottom. Yeah. That was the bottom draw. The bottom draw was the babka. Oh my god, <laughs> man! I mean, you must at least enjoy some of your products now. You, you, oh, absolutely. What's, yes. what's your, what's your I have, go-to? I have my, my, like my vices right now are pretzel. I have a pretzel. I'll take like the top knot of the pretzel. I love ripping that every morning. Uh, an everything bagel, but a, a, a well done, even burnt everything bagel is what I prefer. Um, and what else do I love munching on? Those are really the two. That, and the rainbow sprinkle cookie recently has really got me. Really? I know, I know, I know. Right. It's, a gene- it's like a general, it's like, no, oh, it's, re- good. it's like yeah. a butter cookie, but I, I love that, that thing. I could eat it all day. Yeah. I mean, how many skews do you have? <laughs> a few hundred. <laughs> yeah. A few hundred. And we've pared it down from... From five hundred, maybe too many. So it's yeah. You, some would say too many, but <laughs> but you know, but like you said, Michael, it's, it's you know chal- we're it's, we're it's part tough. of people's lives, yeah. and, and like the prune Danish is the item we joke about all the time. We were just discussing it. There's the like prune. there's the fifty customers that prune buy Danish prune buyers. Danish, but if we got rid of the prune Danish, oh that's those God. fifty customers would stop coming to Zaros. That's oh, like that's I know how one they that know would us. be so mad. See this guy right there. There you go. You yeah. need a prune Danish. Yes, I, we should I have brought prune. prune Danish. Wow. Yeah. You're prune, part of the small community. Yeah. I thought you were going to say problem, but yeah, thank you for calling me a community. <laughs> and we, we would receive an email from them as if we had kidnapped their child. Yeah. You know, you have destroyed my life. I This is unacceptable. So, But no, it's, it's definitely like a you said, it makes it tough. business challenge of ours that sure. we have and still do offer so many different products in our stores. Um, and when we have tried to reduce some of the SKUs, we, there's, there's definitely uh, some feedback that we get that we did not make the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are your top sellers? Um, bagels. Mm-hmm. Far and away bagels. After that, black and whites. Yep. Then... The pretzel. The pretzel, the pretzel. is in the top ten, man. Then cheddar jalapeno. The cheddar jalapeno yeah. pretzel is something special. It's killing me. Too good. Thank you, Mark. Mark, thank you. <laughs> Um, where were we? Uh, black and whites. Our apple turnover. Apple turnovers is, is, is within that like 
Rugala portion, yeah. Yeah, uh, you and know, then we the sell a lot of mentioned. We, mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 you know, like a small cup of coffee is our number two selling item every single week in our, in our retail. Um, I mean, I think last week we sold about 8,000 bagels with cream cheese. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yeah. It's yeah. That yeah. is wild. And That's a lot. You have ebbs and flows throughout the year. Absolutely. Um, and we have, what, Passover is coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Uh, what are the times of years that certain items of yours explode? Thanksgiving is... Yeah, but that's like that's a pie. pie. I would tell you, like, for our core items, the big Jewish holidays, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it's, it's hala, 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 hala. Um, it's a super challenging holiday for us just because our stores in Grand Central are very small. We do not have enough space for all the racks that are coming down with hala that Mark and team are baking off every single morning. Uh, outside of that, um, there's really no black and white holiday. We should make a black and white holiday somehow. Um, well, we use the black and white for every holiday, like St. Yeah, Pat's. So green oh, there you go. There you and, go. And, you know, an orange and black for, for uh, Halloween and so on. So, you know. And then Ruggala. Ruggala is also generally most, outside of Passover, Jewish holiday, holiday Ruggala is, is one of the big ones. Um, so I know you've mentioned so many things that you guys make, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different products, but is there anything you want to add to the mix because I know what you're trying to do in the Bronx right now, that you're trying to make it a community, that you're trying to make it more of a place and a destination for people to come and not only get the freshest products of yours by literally going to the place they're baked off, but creating a space for people to interact like they do at Grand Central, Penn mm-hmm. Station, Port Authority, that they want to travel to rather than through. So... It- I think if I understood that correctly. So we are hoping and planning to open up a factory store inside our factory this year at some point. Yep. Um, right off the Brockner, you know, nice glass explosion, exposure. Um, see what this guy, what Mark's up to every single day and, you know, watch him twisting up some breads and, and having some fun and, you know, allow the community to see what happens behind these walls every day and, and, and the good, awesome, hardworking people that, that do great work. Well, I mean, I think that's part of the transparency of where you've gone as a business, too, yep. over the last couple of years, getting rid of certain stabilizers and, you know, preservatives and bread. We did. We, we cleaned out our products. You know, in the mid-90s, it was very common for everyone to put all sorts of stabilizers and shelf stabilizers and um, all sorts of crap in it. And we, uh, over the last few years, we made a serious effort, and we've been pretty successful mm-hmm. of going back to flour and sugar and water and ingredients you can understand um, you don't need a, a chemistry degree to to read. Yeah, and I think it really all just goes back to literally putting a face to a name. It does. It does. And it's, it's meaningful. I guess, you know, also I, when I had children, I all of a sudden started to read labels a lot more closely. And part of it was like, you know, how do we as a family business sell this garbage out, put it out into the world and not want to eat it ourselves? And so it was something that was sure. important to all of us. Yeah. But now you can just see the Z-A-R-O on a package. And yes. No, that it's what you should be buying. Yes. And the website, Z-A-R-O.com, the brothers, the Zeros. Thank you so much for being here. Thank and you. stop by one of the many locations. Thanks, Michael. You know, ask for Scott in Grand Central. He'll be out <laughs> about He'll have a little name tag on. to meet on. you. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. A big thanks to Fiji Water and Patina Events for sponsoring Music by Cookies and David Tadashor Engineering. Cheers.
Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.